0: hey this is pastor hubbard i'm the pastor of connecting fellowship and welcome to life on the ship thank you for joining us i pray this sermonic discussion inspires you and empowers you to connect with the true and living god enjoy the message i just want to read that one more time because it's just good for the soul for God, For God has not given us a spirit of fear <laughs> and timidity, yeah. but love, power, and self discipline. Yes. You may be seated. Okay. Don't be scared. Or you can say, I ain't scared no more. That is our hope, that is our prayer. After you hearing this sermonic discussion. I'm not afraid no more. My brothers and sisters, every human being gets scared sometimes. Every one of us has something that we fear will happen to all of us. Some of our fears are rational, and many of them are irrational. But my brothers and sisters, if we're not careful, we can allow what frightens us to impact us, and impact our lives in such a way that it paralyzes us, and then our fears will become problematic. Are y'all in here? I come by this morning to tell somebody that fear is real. Our fears are very much real in spite of popular opinion. There are some who says that fears are just simply uh, evidence that appears to be real. But our fears are birthed from a plethora of situations and circumstances. And when we interact every day with challenging and stressful and anxiety-provoking situations, our confidence will corrode. Our surety will be shaken. Our self-assurance will be shattered. And the truth of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, our fate will begin to falter. Fear will make problems appear more powerful. Are y'all listening to me? Fear will make situations more stressful. Fear will make obstacles more ominous than they really are. Fear will become a self-generating, dooming, fulfilling prophecy. This is why some people are (laughs) afraid of spiders. This fear is called arachnophobia. Folk will lose their minds when they see a spider. They will knock you down. They will knock you over. Some will even knock you out. Because of their fear... (laughs) of a spider. My brothers and sisters, do you not realize that some people are even afraid of flying in airplanes? And as a result of that, they've never left their city, never left their town, all because their fear of flying has become problematic. You got to love somebody real bad in order to get on a thing that causes you your fear. I'm reminded of the fact that when I was called to Desert Storm and found myself uh, in another state in California, babysitting California a while. And uh, my mother, who has never flown on an aircraft because she thought about the impending danger that was facing her son, she got on an airplane mm. and flew five hours in the air mm. to travel from Texas. Y'all not going to help me here to California, too, because she loves somebody greater than her fears. Right, right, right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Some people you do do realize are even afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. Some people cannot tolerate closed spaces. Mm-hmm. There are others who have a fear, listen now, of doctors and this intense fear of doctors that causes outright panic is called eutroph- eutrophobia. Wait a minute, wait a minute, and some people are afraid, here it is, of embarrassment. And this is called catalogophobia. And this, my brothers and sisters, is what Paul describes in our text. Right. Apostle Paul appears as God's divine peddler of hope to dispense to this young protege, his son and the minister, Timothy, come by to give him a shot of confidence to dispel his greatest phobia. And I've been sent today as God's heavenly messenger to declare and deliver to his people that God does not want us to fall victim to the spirit of fear. Did y'all hear what I just said? I said God does not desire nor does he will for us to, yes, be tossed to and fro in the chaos that is created. I see you might by fear. Mm-hmm. Irrational things can be done by us. Uh, when we are in the grips of fear. Yes. We make foolish mistakes. Mm-hmm. We make unwise decisions. Yes, 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 when we are in the grips mm-hmm. of fear. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but it's hard to think straight. It's hard to operate in the proper fashion when we are in the bondage of fear. And, oh, brothers and sisters, I submit to you that one of the crippling effects of fear is that fear will prevent us from reaching our fullest potential. Do you not realize that fear will cause many of us to fall victim to the traps, to the snares, to the pitfalls designed and set for us by the enemy of our soul? Oh, help Lord. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but fear is, here it is, an insult to a powerful God. I said fear is an insult to a powerful God because over and over again the Bible affirms the fact that God is more powerful than our predicament. Over and over again God tells us not to fear. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am, Lord have mercy, your God. (laughs) He says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I said, the Bible says in Psalms 23, verse number 4, that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Here's the reason why. Can I shout somebody? For you are with me. (laughs) And your rod and your staff, they they comfort me. The Bible says in Psalms 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is, I said the Lord is. The Lord is the stronghold of my life of whom I shall be afraid. The Bible says in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help. In trouble, he didn't say you wouldn't have trouble. But even in trouble, he says, I got your back. I am your refuge. I am your strength. Therefore, we will not fear. Listen now, though the earth give way. Lord, have mercy. And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam. That's trouble, y'all. And the mountains quake with their surging. He says, do not fear. I ain't through yet. The Bible says in Psalms 118 verse number 6, the Lord is with me. And because he is, I will not be afraid. What, what? Somebody say what? What? The Bible says what can mere mortals Mm -hmm. do to me? Y'all ain't feeling me just yet. Hebrews chapter 13 verse number 6 says, so say with me. Uh Confidence, The, the Lord is our helper. I will not be afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, he repeats it. What can mere martyrs? He borrows from the psalmist. What can mere martyrs do mm-hmm. to me? I don't know about you, but it blesses me to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we have no reason to fear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. And so I come to declare and decree to God's people that God does not want his children afraid. Amen. That God does not want us arrested by our anxiety. That God does not want us panicked by our problems. That uh-huh. God does not want us trapped by our trepidations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does not want us frightened by our fears. Uh-huh. In therapeutic fashion, the Apostle Paul, in our text, speaks and declares for God yes, sir. has not given us a spirit of fear, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. and committed but a power, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. love. And self discipline. I like the King James Version, it renders this ending a sound mind. <laughs> it says, in other words, when you when you have when you know what God has given you, you're gonna have a sound mind. Right. But what I love about this text is the Apostle Paul gives us three principles from God's word that would assist you and I when we when our heart is afraid. Here's principle number one. Write it down. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. We see in our text an affirmation of favor. Somebody say that with me. An affirmation of favor. You see, the affirmation of favor is found in verse number six when Paul reminds Timothy to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. You say, oh, y'all missed your shot cue. Y'all missed it. Y'all miss your, y'all don't know when to shot, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The text says, he, he says, he says, he says in this powerful passage, my brothers and sisters, that the affirmation in a very real sense is therapeutic because it's confidence building. Mm. Right. Okay. The affirmation of favor is a principle of identity. Mm. All right. In other words, the affirmation of favor denotes ownership. It reminds us of who we belong to. It reminds us that we have been bought with a price. It encourages that we belong to a benevolent giver. Lord have mercy. It enlightens us that The God that we serve is a giver. Mm -hmm. I said it's therapeutic. The affirmation of favor reminds us that God has given us many things as his children. Mm -hmm. God has given us wisdom. God has given us increase. Mm -hmm. God has given us victory. I said God is a giver, y'all. And because God is a generous giver, he is also so generous until he gave us life. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Big Thank you, Mama you. said that he gave us a reasonable portion yes. of health and strength. Yes. But that's not all he did. Through his son, he gave us eternal life. Yes. But that's not all he gave. Uh-huh. His son gave us his spirit. Mm-hmm. And his spirit has endowed us with every spiritual blessing. Thank you. Can I get a witness here? Mm-hmm. On this campus yesterday, y'all, that was a baby shower hosted for a future young mother. Mm-hmm. And people, young and old, gathered here at this place. But not only did they come, but they brought gifts. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that when people bring gifts, those gifts speak of the thoughts of the giver mm-hmm. about the recipient. Lord, have mercy. Did y'all hear me? Did y'all hear me? I said, I said a gift speaks of the thoughts of the giver about the recipient. And Paul tells Timothy that God has great thoughts concerning you, that God thinks so much of you that he shared from his treasure house of gifts, a gift especially designed for you. And my brothers and sisters, I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah, I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to all of us because God's got great thoughts concerning you. you. I said, God thinks so much about you until he dipped into his treasure house of gifts. He dipped into his storehouse of gifts and he has given to each and every one of us Uh Uh a gift that's especially designed with your name on it. But here's what I discovered about gifts, family, is that God's gifts are not to be disregarded, that God's gifts are not to be ignored, that God's gifts are not to be pushed aside. And because you don't realize that God didn't have to give you and give us anything, but because God is on our side. Because we belong to God, and God belongs to us. He gives each of us gifts to utilize, gifts to actualize, and gifts to make a difference in this world we live. The great great German philosopher Goethe said it this way. He said, before you do something, you must first be something. (laughs) I got to say that one more time because y'all missed that. He said, before you can do something, you must first be something. And the affirmation of favor declares that we belong to God. That we are somebody. That we are children of the most high. That we are children of a God who fight for us. That we are children of a God who stands with us. And we are the children of a God who said that he would never leave us. Nor will he forsake us. So So before we can do something. We must first be convinced that we are somebody Amen. would you touch your neighbor and say neighbor God is some God that you are somebody, you, are, you, are, you, are somebody. You, oh, you got to touch somebody so you got to touch somebody touch them on the shoulder and tell them you are somebody you are somebody you are somebody you are somebody you are somebody. You are somebody. You are somebody. You are somebody. I don't care what somebody said about you. You are somebody. I don't care what labels people have assigned to you. You are somebody. I don't care how dark you are. You are somebody. I don't care what your educational background is. You are somebody. Your education didn't make you somebody. The amount of money in your bank account didn't make you somebody. But you are somebody because you belong. Lord have mercy. You belong to a God who woke you up this morning. You belong to a God who started you on your way. Somebody shout, God is blessing me. Right now. He's doing it right now. He's doing it. He's doing it right now. He's doing it. He's doing it it right now. Because I am. I am somebody. The second powerful principle in this text, Paul says is that we we must have an awareness of fear fear. we got to have an awareness of fear Mm -hmm. Paul reminds Timothy that God has not God has given us many gifts but one of the gifts that God did not give us was the spirit of fear Mm -hmm. Paul says that this phobia that paralyzes did not come from the eternal and benevolent giver Paul tells Timothy this young brother that God uh, has given us many things but fear it's not one of them. Help me to preach it. Fear cannot come from God because God have, uh, us, has given us something greater than fear. God gave us faith. And faith, my brothers and sisters, believes a thing is so, even when it isn't, so that it might be. All right? say it one more time. I'm going to come back at you. I'm going to give it to you one more time because she said give it to you again. Faith is just simply believing a thing is so even when it isn't Mm -hmm. so that it might be. You see faith is belief in God. It is faith that elevates our level of expectancy. Faith is, uh, it is faith that maximizes our ability to navigate life's challenges. And my brothers and sisters, faith is expecting the best and thanking God in advance. Fear, fear, but you know what fear is? Fear is the opposite of faith. I said fear is the opposite of faith. You see, when you're in the doctor's office and he gives you a bad report, fear tries to eclipse your faith. Lord, help me to preach it today. You see, when you get a red notice in the mailbox, fear seeks to eclipse your faith. When the boss calls you into the office and tells you that your time of employment has come to an end, fear raises its eerie head and tries to conquer your faith. But we must not operate out of fear. Because fear is an insult to God. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor, there's no room for fear. You got to talk to your neighbor like you mean it today. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, there's no room. There's no room for fear. And I think I need to tell you that we are living in a time where we are in a struggling economy. We're living in a time when thousands of jobs have been lost. They keep telling you that you can get a job anywhere, but that not necessarily has been your experience. And we're living in a time whereby it's hard uh, to make ends meet. Can I get a witness here? Gas prices rising. Food prices keep rising. I can't even buy my bacon like I used to. I said it's getting hard out here to make ends meet. But, but, but great is the temptation to fear. When life struggles start knocking on your door. In fact, it was Ralph Enlow Jr. who remarked that fear is anxiety that insinuates that God is either unable or disinclined to see to our welfare. Lord, have mercy. Oh, y'all not hearing me today. I said fear will make you lose your mind. I said fear will make you lose your mind. Up in here. Up in here you can be all in the church house and fear will make you lose your mind up in here up in here and the preacher can be preaching the song, the singer can be singing and yet fear will still make you lose your mind because when you should be worshiping you're worrying when you should be having faith you're being filthy. when you should be saying hallelujah you, you're wondering about how you're going to make ends meet Fear will make you lose your mind. Up in here. Up in here. Can I get a witness here? So here it is, Paul says to them, don't be scared. He says, don't be scared, y'all. Say, don't be worried about how you're going to make ends meet. Can't you hear Jesus and Matthew when he's talking about uh, the things that cause us the greatest fears Bible says that one day he told his disciples and he told the the crowd why are you worried about what you're going to eat why are you worried about what you're going to wear he says why are you worried about uh, the things in life that seem so perplexing. Right, right. He says, don't you realize <laughs> that our mm, my voice almost changed. Come on. It's all right. That our Heavenly Father knows yeah, yeah, yeah. what you have need of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are y'all listening to okay. me? Uh, yeah. uh. He says your Father is aware yeah. yes, sir. of what you need. He says, your heavenly father is not only aware, but he's got the capacity to take care of your groceries. So he's got the resources to meet your everyday needs. Uh, He says, so why are you being fearful about such things? Y'all missed this. eh? Here it is, the favor of affirmation showing up again. The, your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. And can I just ask somebody who's on the Lord's side? Has he ever let you down? Has he ever made a way for you? Has he ever put food on your table? Has he always made a way for you? Has he always, you? has he always paid your bills when, when your bills started mounting, when your bills started stacking up? God still made a way. When you didn't think you were going to make it, he made, Lord have mercy, he made a way. He said, so why are you you so fearful? Why are you allowing these kind of things to shake you up? And I'm discovering that whenever you allow fear to take residence in your life, you are living beneath your potential. Are y'all listening to me? Fear will keep you living in fear. Fear will cause you to become stagnant and stifled. Fear will keep you from moving forward. And Paul comes to testify to this young brother that uh, you are allowing fear to stifle you of utilizing the gift that God has given to you. He said that you are allowing the fear of what's happening to me to cause you to be fearful. You got to keep in mind right here, right here in the context of this passage, Paul is writing from a prison cell. And here it is, Timothy has stopped using his gift. Mm -hmm. Timothy has become timid in utilizing his gift because when he looks at Paul's situation, Mm -hmm. he becomes ashamed of his spiritual mentor. And he says, I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to even use the gift that God has given me. I'm going to disavow what God has planted deep down inside of me. Mm -hmm. And Paul steps up to say, hold on, young brother. How you feeling? What you're feeling did not come from God. That did not come from this benevolent giver. Because when you have faith, then faith motivates you to move. Amen. Faith strengthens you to strive ahead. Right, right. Faith causes you to reach for the promises of God. Right. Look at your neighbor and say, don't let fear, don't let fear, stop, fear. Your stop your pursuits. Don't let fear, don't let fear, don't let fear. stop your praise. Stop your praise. Don't, let fear don't let fear stop you from giving God. Your best. Don't let fear stop you from using your gifts. Look what the text says. Use your gifts because your gift is evidence of his great love for you. Your gift gift is a down payment of his promises. Your gift is not your blessing. It's your blessing and not your curse. Somebody say, use your, use your gift. Here's the last powerful principle, and we can get ready to go home, go, home, go home and watch the Texans lose in the fourth quarter. You know, y'all, I discovered the reason why the Texans have been losing in the fourth quarter. They don't do <laughs> If you want to know, contact me, send me a DM probably, send send me a message probably, call me probably, send me a text probably, because I've discovered the reason why the Texans lose in the fourth quarter. Well, here it is, back to the text. Since Since God has not given us fear, the question we have to ask the text, what did God give us? What did he give us to defeat the phobias in our life? I'm glad you asked. Paul says that God cooked up for us a heavenly trinity. Since the pandemic, my brothers and sisters, I've become fond of cooking shows. Mm -hmm. I say since the pandemic. And uh, I found myself cooking and uh, I found myself watching this uh, TikTok videos Uh, of a Cajun chef named Justin Wilson. He goes by the name Stale Cracker. (laughs) Justin Wilson is an interesting character who uses fascinating phrases like, and while we wait we hydrate. He uses catchphrases. Like, that's money, dude. Yeah. He, he, but, but the term that I heard him use that arrested me uh, uh, was a term that he used called the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I listened closely to discover that uh, in cooking, there are three ingredients that are designed to enhance all meals. They are three ingredients that make every dish turn out fantastic. I said, I learned that when you add the Cajun trinity of onions, bell peppers, and celery to your Cajun dishes, get ready for some furniture moving did y'all hear me Stale cracker stale cracker will say that's money dude and before he eats it he says you can put this on a cracker oh, all he was saying is that when you add this cajun trinity to your meals your meals will be better this brother says your cooking will be richer This brother says that your culinary experience Uh will be more delightful. And I'll come by today to tell somebody if, yes, the Cajun Trinity can make that kind of difference, what about the trifecta that God gives? What what, what will your life be like when you add the ingredient of power to your life? You tell me it's too loud. What what will your ingredient be like when you add love to the equation? What will self-discipline be like when you add it to your life? Paul says that if you add power, if you add love if you would add self-discipline to your life fear will dissipate. Fear will leave your Fear will pack up its phobias and go home. Paul says that that what God gave you, nothing can overcome you. God gave you power to overcome, love to persevere, and he gave us self-discipline to stay the course. Well, I got to leave you now. And if you're tired of, yes, allowing your fears to cause you trepidation, That I come by to remind somebody that you need the trifecta in your life. You need the Holy Trinity in your life. You need, yes, God's divine three-piece. Because when you add it to your fears, it'll spice up your life. Because power overcomes every situation. Love conquers every fear. And then here it is, sister. Self-discipline causes you to hold on when you feel like giving up. And so it doesn't matter what people label you. Doesn't matter what people say about you. Doesn't matter where, what side of town you come from. If God says you can do it, guess what? The Bible says greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. My brothers and sisters, you can overcome your fears. You don't have to be scared no more. You don't have to have a reason to fear. Because I'm discovering that if you're using fear as your excuse, no, no, your excuse is your fear. So I come by to tell you, throw your fears to the side. You can be aware of your fear, but know that God has given us everything that we need to overcome our fears. Yeah. And if you would just be uh, like his child, and uh-huh. you will discover that you can overcome any and every situation. Yeah. That problems won't have no more power over you. That situations won't be able to overcome you. Yeah. Yeah. That you can stand before kings and queens, you can stand before bosses and, and HR representatives, yeah. and you can get what God has for you. Yeah. But not only that, but you can stand before a dying world and tell them that Jesus lives. That one Friday he gave up his life. But then they put him in a bar or two, but somebody ought to holler early on a Sunday morning. I said early, like the old preacher said, early on a Sunday morning. <laughs> he got up with all power in his hand, And when he got up, all of our fears were erased. All of our fears were conquered, all of our fears were laid to the side, all of our fears were pushed away, all, I don't know about you, but all of our fears are gone, because he lives, and because he lives, I can face tomorrow, because he lives, I have hope, because he lives, I am an overcomer, because he lives, I am victorious, somebody holler, I got the victory oh you ain't saying it like you mean it somebody shout i got the victory you know what i discovered when teams win they pull out the rally tower. because they dictate and celebrate i got the victory somebody shout i got the victory wave your tower wave your faith and say fear you cannot overcome me fear you must dissipate fear you got to go because i Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message by Pastor Hubbard and the staff of Life on the Ship. For more information about our church, go to ConnectingFellowship.org. We are Connecting Fellowship, connecting people to Christ, church, and community. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week, and God bless you.